Let me see. You ready? One second. I'm just watching my levels here. Oh, you're good. Okay, no cool. Um, 15 seconds? No, yeah. 20 seconds. Okay. I was ready at 15. but I, I was not ready at 15. I said 15 without looking at the... Without looking Perfect. at the... Okay, thing. cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you, Tim. Mm-hmm. Dueling Genre. Welcome to the New Republic Archives, where we discuss the history and legends of a galaxy far, far away. I'm Gary Roby. And I'm Tim Garcia. And I think this is the fastest we've ever rolled into an episode 10. It was just like, we're on the call. Let's go. We got to do this. Let's Which move. I, you know, uh, that's kind of my personality. I like that better. I like just kind of, let's go. I kind of like that. I kind of like that, but also like I like when we get to like chit chat for a little bit, and, like get into the vibe of like what this episode is going to. Anyway, we're here for another Bantha episode. Yep. And uh not gonna Tim, lie, I love I love Bantha episodes. Bantha uh, episodes are great. I, I'm glad that we get to like take the time off to just like relax and there's no pressure of like, oh my god, I haven't played this thing or read this thing or watched this thing. Yeah. Um, um <laughs> Yeah. You may not believe it, but um consuming a piece of Star Wars media for the um for the deep dives is kinda it's kinda stressful sometimes. Cause you sometimes. know, we have our we're your life you know, lives, but uh we do this. We well, do do this for fun, but it is kind of like, oh God, you know, it gives us something. The that we hard, have to... the hard part is when we pick a piece of media that's going to take more than the two weeks we have between Banth episodes and deep dive episodes, right? Which we have a couple. Like, I feel like we're working on. Yeah, currently. where it's like eventually we'll finish we'll this, this game, this media, yeah. this thing, and we'll get to talk about it. But like, uh the the pressure is always on every time we have a new deep dive where it's like, what are we gonna do? Yeah. But uh, but no, the like the Bantha episodes is like there's so much Star Wars happening all the right time. now. I feel just like all yeah, the time. So, like all the time. But also, I just feel like there's just been a lot of random Star Wars stuff uh, yeah. happening lately. Yeah, I would agree with that. Do you have any? What have, uh, have you consumed any Star Wars stuff in the last couple of weeks? Like, have you? Um, nothing new. Okay. Um, I've been pretty consumed. There's been a lot of, for whatever reason, new shows uh, that have been within my my uh my circle obviously sandman is one of my faves so i've now i have now consumed the whole thing loved it i reread the whole comic before i watched all the episodes oh shit so, i well, started the rereading thing. the comic because i watched the episodes well I'll yeah do a sandman chat at some point yeah not no for the pod but just like you and me i would love to talk about yeah no i finished i read through so the show for readers who haven't started it first of all uh watch it it's great um but read second it, of all it's also great read it it's great it goes through the sec the first half of the third book yeah is it actually goes through because they released a couple episodes um or an episode late but yeah anyway so i reread all that um and then she hulk's been great and with that she Hulk's so good i enjoy she hulk not everyone's been liking she hulk but i enjoy it um and uh, with that i just haven't had time to do any star wars stuff really yeah um besides think about it yeah that's fair um, I will be going to Galaxy's Edge next week, though. Um, so By the time we talk I'll again, you'll be back. Yep. That's legit. Um, I think I'll be building a droid. 
Nice. Um. So yeah. So what about you? We have you? Galaxy's Edge trips. We do need to. I got. I only got a, like a month and a half left on my um pass. So I don't oh. know. we'll figure it out. <laughs> I. Yeah. I don't have like a pass to. Right. 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 So it's like costly to figure out plans but we'll yeah. we, we figure it out we'll figure it out we'll figure it out yeah uh i have not consumed a whole lot of star wars stuff um the big thing that i did recently which i've been trying to do at the bookstore for months is that i finally like went in and um expanded out the star wars section of the store so like when i started started working at the bookstore i work for uh there wasn't like a star wars specific section we just had a section for media tie-ins and Star Wars had like a handful of books. Like we maybe did like a couple hundred dollars in Star Wars book sales in a year. And I like pushed to expand that stack that section, especially because like Disney publishing had been putting out new canon titles. And mm-hmm. that has grown from like an end cap to a proper like one base section to now like a full like eight shelves. Like it's oh, a wow. big little two base and you guys, section. It, it does well. It does really well. I think this year in particular is a little like the numbers are skewed because we went to Star Wars Celebration and oh, did like yeah. a lot of sales there. Um, but yeah, like without Star Wars Celebration, the Star Wars section of the store has grown like 6,000% since I started working there. <laughs> um Like, numbers are great. And so I finally got to go back and, like, clean up that section. Like, go through and, like, pull the stuff that I know wasn't moving, order in the stuff we were missing, and sort of, like, expand out the section. So there's, like, canon books, the High Republic books. Like, there's a shelf of the new Essential Legends because I think those covers look great. Um, Stuff like that. And it just felt really good to, like, be able to go in and give that section the care and, and attention it deserves and, like... I'm hoping that that'll translate into more people being interested in, like, it looking more approachable than it did before. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I, I have a co- I have my hands on a couple of, like, upcoming books that we can talk about later, but um, I watched the summer vacation, the Lego summer vacation. I, I started uh, it. Short. I was enjoying it. I just had to, I got pulled away and I haven't gotten yeah. a chance to finish it. I like how the Lego uh, Star Wars... I don't want to call them movies because they're like 45 minutes, but um, between the Haunted Vader Castle one. No, there's three of them now, huh? There's the Haunted Vader one. There's the Holiday Special. There's the Holiday Special, and then there's this one. And all of them tell, like, sets of stories. Uh, yeah, I like which that. Which I thought was really fun. You know me, I uh, like so it. this one. You, you know me, I like uh, um, Anthology. Yeah, yeah. And it, it like works together in a really nice way. So this one um is about like our our crew from the sequel trilogy are going on vacation on the Halcyon Cruiser, okay. which is now under the control of Lando Calrissian. I and, just wanna say Yeah. This is very Disney has very much been pushing the Halcyon lately. It really has we well, so the... this is the thing I'm thinking about, right? Because like the way that, that marketing happens for star wars content is they happen in like waves right so like when obi-wan came out so did mike chen's book brotherhood about obi-wan and anakin during the clone wars and Mm -hmm. uh padawan which is kirsten white's book about young obi-wan kenobi and then we have the obi-wan show so like they're coming in these like series of things right 
So right now, Halcyon's happening, which means that we have like the Halcyon experience at Disney, right. but also but the Halcyon uh, Princess release... and the Scoundrel takes place on Halcyon. I know and that's so what that's, does now. This that's what I was referencing is that we got yeah. the Princess and Scoundrel and this at the same time. But the uh-huh. thing that's strange to me is the Halcyon launched a year ago. Yep, like almost a yep. full year ago. Which is odd, right? It's like, and now all of a sudden it we're getting It feels like the... it's like a delayed, yeah. And I don't know why you would think that the Halcyon content promoting it would have come out around the time people could start booking flights, booking right. vacations. Uh, um, maybe it's not doing well or the price point is hurting people. And they're like, we but they'd have to write to this all, up. I don't know. They'd have to write this all a long time ago, you know, when it was, it's like they, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's just like timelines on publication or on on production or whatever. Yeah. And I thought it was funny just, you know, the beginning of the we're not going to deep dive uh, summer vacation right now. But just no. at the beginning when they're talking about, oh, it was almost like an ad for the the Star yep. Wars hotel. Yep. But a lot of the stuff they're saying is like, oh, you can't do that there. Oh, there's none of that there. Like this, like it was like yeah. the stuff they're saying. I was like, there Finn is wants like, to, like go check and uh, not Finn. Uh, Paul wants to go check out like the trash compactors and the engineering yeah. room. Well, no, yeah, like, like some of it. No. So like there is the engineering room oh. and there's the bridge, like the, the agenda stuff that he's reading is all stuff okay. you can do there. So like the, oh. the bridge tour and like the uh, playing Sabak and like all that stuff. You can do that. But then uh, they start like, oh, and there's a spa. And it's like, and no, actually, it's a hotel no, that doesn't have a spa. And it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, OK. You know, it's like they're. That's oh, and no, shuffleboard. But it's yeah, specifically a droid spa because they go get oil baths. And well, no, actually, to the spa. Uh, no, they're talking to uh, he's talking to Ray, I think. Uh, about the but, spa, but, yeah, but it Ray was the... just like goes and reads by the pool. Right, the right, only right. people that go to the spa are the droids. Well, they have. I, I'll bet you they have both. They probably do. Right. You would assume At least they in have the... both. In, in, in this. Also, the thing that I do like about this is that, like, I know... I know that the Lego stuff is not, like, canon canon. But I do like that this bit of um, sequel content is, like, continuing the stories of yeah. these characters we know. It did get me thinking, what would you like... Uh, because one of the pieces of news, actually, that I had... Uh-huh. Is that it was Ryan Johnson because this was the, uh, gosh, it's been uh, what four oh, years? Yeah, yeah, since yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Five five years since Last Jedi. Yeah, and so it's the fifth year anniversary of Last Jedi uh, is this year, and uh, they're talking about you know they're, so they're talking to him about it, and he said how proud of he's how proud of it he is, and of course that starts the whole uh, yeah. discourse back up, and people are still mad, but whatever. Um, of course it is. Yeah, but uh, I I was I, he was saying that his trilogy is still very much it's not canceled at all. Yeah. He oh, just, God, you know, good. so he's I, uh, I know he's working on other stuff like Glass Onion had their first spread in yeah. ma- a magazine. I think it was Entertainment Weekly or Variety or something like that. Yeah. And um, so I'm excited for that, of course. But yeah. um, but I, I'm happy to know that his Star Wars thing is still. But he's so he says it's still going. Um, we don't know anything about it. I don't think even no, he's quite sure. But um, I it did get me thinking though. This specifically got me thinking. The Lego thing is if we did take a story after the end of Rise of Skywalker, yeah. what kind of story would we like to see? So, so I will spoil. I know you said you didn't watch the whole thing. 
Um, right, but it's not again. This is not canon. And it, again, so, it's yeah. not canon. It's not so canon. Who cares? But well, the thing that I really like that really touched me at the end of this was the reason that Finn is like stressing about not being like with his friends during this like vacation because everyone's doing their own thing mm -hmm. is that like they're all about to go their separate ways. They have like different paths that they're going to be on now that like the right. fight with the First Order is over. And the thing that I really, really liked about this is they're talking about how, like, well, Rey is going to go looking for, like, ancient Jedi shit. She's been reading this right. book. She's doing that. She's going to pull Finn, Luke Skywalker and just peace out. Finn is going to go find other people that have the Force. People like him who, like, right. never realized they're, like... He's going to pull an Inquisitor. I hope. I mean, I hope it doesn't go bad. Well, I mean, the I, first part of their the first part of what they're doing is what he's doing. I yeah, I love I love the idea of like Finn being the person who's like recruiting new Jedi and like going and finding people that have the force and like helping bring them into like there's more you can do with your life. So okay. So I sure that's not what I would like to see in a. Well, like, no, I don't think that's what I like to see. But because I literally just watched this like two yeah. hours ago, it's something that's in my head of like, oh, yeah. I like Finn, like doing Jedi shit. I kind of want to be done with these characters, like not like, done, done okay. but like we don't need to follow any of them. I don't want whatever up. Ryan Johnson's thing to be to be. No, no, no. I'm just saying if we got a, any story after I'm like, OK, we've got, uh, you know what I mean? There's still I stories like, yeah. to be told in the universe. I think I agree with you in that, like, like I'm not I saying they can never show up cameos. Yeah. I would love like what they're doing without it being obtrusive to the story they're telling. The yeah, if it works telling. with the story, they can show up. But yeah. I would love a uh, rebuilding the government type. Sure. Maybe show or uh, or book series or something. The new, new, new Republic. Yeah, whatever they want. To, I mean, it's still the new Republic, right? But they're uh, they're now they're like fixing themselves basically because their new government got. Ex yeah, you're right. Yeah, the government got uh, absolutely wrecked. Um, but I don't feel like any of the movies really touched on that after Hosnian Prime. There was is not exploded. much politicking in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, which is fine. Like you don't need to, but like no. at the but same time, you did blow up all of their... There wasn't a whole bunch of it even in the original trilogy, right? There was a little but bit. I grew up with the prequels, and that's like yeah, all yeah, politicking, yeah. You know, right? And so there's that, a little that's like in original that... trilogy is uh -huh. where they're they the um you know there's the council room uh. Scene that, on the Death yeah. Star and yeah. That's one of those scenes where like I wasn't super into it as a kid and then I grew up and I was like, no, wait, this shit is great. <laughs> yeah, so that I mean that's it's there, but it's just not obtrusive. And um yeah. I would have liked a little bit more, I think, in this one, but um I'm fine I agree with, you. with yeah. But yeah, so, so like, I'd love yeah, to see like a would be cool. Yeah, like a almost like a deep space nine, but with like New Republic, you know, it's like we're going into the future and it's like, yeah, the galaxy's kind of in shambles because the two organizations Hosnian that Prime ran it obliterated. Yeah. And also First Order, which was running all which was running all yeah. the parts of space outside of it. They're gone now. So it's like, well, everybody's left for the found for themselves. Yeah. So it's a it's a rebuilding of the House of Cards, essentially. Yeah. And of course, you're going to have a big criminal element that'll rise and that would be fun. 
And yeah. Do like, you think the huts are still around in the sequel trilogy era? Oh, I'm sure Probably, they are. Probably, right? Yeah. But, you know, there's how many so many different organizations are still there. Yeah, there's so many different criminal organizations in Star Wars, not just the Huts. I know, it's so that'd be 60 fun. years, right? Like the Crimson yeah. Dawn could still be around. Yeah, they're probably still around, still still doing stuff. And like half of Maul's groups are probably like the Pikes we see, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what War of the Bounty Hunters is doing, but like Kira could still be running shit for all we know. Yeah, I believe she did like establish herself at the end of that comic. Yeah, that um, was my understanding. So. I should get into those at some point. Yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, that's the that's the kind of story I'd like to see. Um if uh, they were to do something after. Is like how I, are we building how are we gonna go forward now? I want I want the story of Broom Boy and Last Jedi at the end. But I think I could be like happy with like a one off comic about him and be like that's that's all I needed. I think that's Just perfect a for Broom Boy. Like, yeah. What happens um, next for him? Yeah. But have it to be have it have like a theme, not just like then he goes, you know, like have it be like, yeah. oh, this story, this is a story about whatever. We're setting the stage for the future of the rebuilding of the Jedi Order. Right. And Broom Boy is the first inductee. Right. Yeah. Uh, or, I you know, whatever, like, whatever. Maybe you know, he doesn't want to be part of Ray's thing. Yeah. We talked about it in be... the past. With, um, uh, 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 why am I forgetting his Taika Waititi's, um, Star Wars thing? He said that he very distinctly didn't want to be tied to anything else. Like, it's not, he said specifically of... he didn't want Chewbacca's grandma. Yes. Yes. But I, I, I think that yeah. the implication of that sentiment is that, like, we're not going to tie this to any. No, of course. Window. Of course. But I'm saying I, I agree with him until he <laughs> said, I don't think anyone wants to see Chewbacca's grandma, at which point I said, wait, no, yes, I do. But, sure, sure, but he's not interested in telling that story, which I no, respect. That's fine. that's fine. And I kind of hope that I like, know what both... what he meant was he wants to make a bigger universe. Which yes, I'm a hundred percent for that. And um, and I agree that I think both like him and Ryan Johnson are better served in the Star Wars community by doing things that are unattached. And so it'll be interesting to just, like, see what happens as, like, time goes on. We've probably got years before we hear anything more about either of these projects. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so we'll see. Yeah. Could be fun. So uh, what other news did you have uh, for us? That was my Ryan uh, Johnson. The only other things. Okay. Yeah. I've got, like, a couple other pieces of, of book news. Um, and then I have a question that I think we can wrap up on. Uh, before we get to the book news, I also have that the Obi-Wan Kenobi behind-the-scenes documentary is coming. It's called A Jedi's Return. Yes, very stoked. And it should release next week. So yeah. uh, by the I'll time be, people I'll are be listening watching. to this, you got, you got a week, and then it'll be out on Disney+. Plus. I'm also very excited. I actually am, like, really bad at watching the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, for... they're fun. I, like, I know that they're really good. Have you watched the um, ILM doc yet? I haven't watched that one yet. I want to. It's on the list. One of my coworkers Again, is watching it every list, day comes my, uh, in and is like, oh, my God, yeah, this was great. You should watch this. And I'm like, I I will. I promise. Yeah, it's on the list for sure. I was definitely the nerd kid. Well, so, OK, a little Tim Tim lore. Um, oh, Tim I went lore. to a year round uh, elementary and middle school. Oh, um, and so what that meant was is we didn't have a summer break. We had two months where we went to class and then one month off. And okay. we just had that the whole year. 
Um, and it was just a way to get more kids into the same facility than you could normally fit. Um, that makes sense. But what that meant was there were whole months where I was just off and no one else was off. Like oh. I had some friends from school that would be off too, but I had to friend my bike to them or whatever. But um, so what I, I would just watch a crap ton of movies. And when DVDs came out, when I was, you know, what, 11 or 12? You were behind the, behind the scenes I was a behind-the-scenes like special Bonus features, features kid. Yeah. Uh, audio commentaries, all of it. I, I, would, list, uh. I would just consume it all. Uh, so, yeah, so I, that that's absolutely my, my jam. Like, anytime you Weirdly have, like... enough, I didn't really get into, like, any of that stuff until after I was, like, working at the movie. Huh. Yeah. I don't know why that is. It was just, like, not... Not something I was seeking out when I was growing up. Yeah. Which is weird know. because like I think I was just more I was more involved in like books and novels. And yeah, I and I so. listened to I watched all six Star Wars movies with the director com with the cat the director and crew commentary that they did on those. And then I, oh. I mean I did like all the Indiana Jones ones, um Back so in the Future, cool. like all of those. They were so fun. Like I just loved hearing everybody talk about them. I'm kind of sad that it seems like they're they're basically dead now because like physical media is kind of dead. Um, there's, I'm sure there's a few silly. of them, but, but I just so? saw I think like a clip of an interview with Matt Damon where he was Matt Damon. It might have been where he was talking mm -hmm. about um, like putting out films in that era where like bonus features were like a real big deal when DVDs were still becoming important. And so like studios could get away with putting out films that wouldn't like bring a big audience into the theater because they would make all their money when the DVD release happened, but that doesn't really yeah. exist anymore. And so a lot of the kinds of movies that he had been in back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, just like, like talented Mr. Ripley anymore. and like that kind of, yeah, because people aren't going to go watch those movies in theaters necessarily, not enough for it to be profitable. Mm -hmm. And then DVD sales don't really exist. So there aren't right. a lot of films that are putting out like bonus features and content like that, that will drive up engagement after the fact. Right. And I find that really fascinating about like how the media landscape can evolve like movies. Yeah. It's one thing to be like, oh, well, we aren't making the same movies we were making back in, like, the early 1900s, but we're also not making the movies we were making 20 years ago. Exactly. That's yeah, no. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, quick aside, um, uh -huh. if you want a great audio commentary on a movie, yeah. the cast commentary for Tropic Thunder oh. is almost I've funnier. Heard, it's almost funnier than the movie this. itself. Um, I've heard about this. That's great. It's it's very 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 funny because there's at least the one the DVD I had had two commentaries. It had like the making of like with Ben Stiller and like the crew that made that like behind the camera mm -hmm. people, and then it had Ben Stiller and the in front of camera people. So like yes. Jack Black and Robert Downey Jr. and and Jay Baruchel and all them. Uh, that's very funny. But anyway, Man, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Yeah. Just yeah, there are a lot of like the handful of cast commentaries or just like commentaries in general that I've listened to since um is like exponential. But uh Scott Pilgrim versus the World has four different commentaries and I watched all four of them with my former roommate. And uh it they come up a lot on Scott Pilgrim Minute on the Dylan Jordan Patreon for people who haven't listened to that because yeah. I did that with Scott, Cass, Nick, and Brian, and it is great. Please go listen to it. It's so good. That's great. 
Yeah, it was very fun. Um, so aside from this behind the scenes documentary, the only other news I have is book news. I have, I have several different pieces of book news. Um, I have two different Star Wars Jedi titles that are coming out. Um, one is just the art of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which we don't have a date for the game yet, but we do have a date for the book and it's May 2nd, 2023. So presumably the game will come out before then, because otherwise I think the art of book is going to spoil shit. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's a thing that's coming. Uh, that's going to be published by Dark Horse. Um, it says that it will chronicle the development of the game, collecting concept art and creator commentary in an oversized full cover, full color hardcover. Um, so that's happening. But also, there's a novel coming out, Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars, which is a novel about Cal Kestis that presumably takes place uh, with the crew of the Mantis between Fallen Order and Yeah, Jedi that would make Survivor. sense. There's a there's what five years between that. Yeah, and it stories. comes out March seventh, twenty twenty three. Uh, the thing that I also find really interesting is it's going to be written by Sam Mags, who was set to helm the right. uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake that has now been shelved. Well, uh, do you? If I can, yes. So basically, please. that uh, we have a little update on that. Oh. So that remake has apparently been picked up. Oh. By uh, the so it went from it was being produced by Asper Media, which uh, produced all the Kotor ports for the Switch. Okay. So Kotor one and Kotor two, um, and now it's been moved over to Saber Interactive's Eastern European Studios, um, which is owned by they're, they're both owned. They're like it's just like a sister company, so it's, sure. they're both owned by uh, a company called the Embracer Group. So it looks like it's not shelved. It's just oh, being, that's good. It's kind of being re reshuffled. Um, That's fair. Uh, as far as I'm aware, um, the studio that was kind of tapped to helm the remake originally, like, hasn't, has only done, like, remasters of things in the past and have done, like, ports of games, but hasn't done any, like, anything original. I don't know if that's true. This is something that I've heard from, like, folks on a different video game podcast I listen to, and I have not done this research myself. Um, but my yeah, understanding they, they, is that they, I know they do a lot of ports. Um, yeah. yeah, that's my understanding is that that's like their bread and butter. And this was the first step into like, we're going to produce our own game and it immediately fell flat. They had, um, yeah, I'm looking at their webpage right now and everything okay. they've, I mean, that's not always the best one, but everything on there besides a game called myth force, which I'm not familiar with. Ooh. It's an early access game. Okay. Um, it's in. Oh, that's an original property, but it looks. It actually looks adorable. I like. I like this. Oh, cute! It's inspired right. by like He Man and like those kind of cards, like the animation oh, style. Um, but no. Uh, but yeah, everything else is a port of a Star Wars game that already came out. Yeah, so that was done... my understanding. Is like a lot of folks when the original announcement came out were hesitant because the studio doesn't really have a reputation for doing like anything like like not anything original clearly because myth force is like it's in early access but is something that's in development um but hasn't really like produced their own content more than like porting things to other consoles and shit oh man which and they... like is also an essential industry <laughs> at this point. yeah they've done a lot of them though 
Yeah. Um, interesting. So, like, um, I am I am excited to know that the Knights of the Old Republic thing is still, like, ongoing. Um, right. I, it, I wonder if it's going to be in the same hands or, like, how much stuff is changing between this, like, move. But, like, outside of Star Wars content, um, as far as someone who works in the book industry, Sam Maggs is someone who's kind of, like, renowned for their work. They do a lot of, like, I don't know if they do, like, graphic novel stuff necessarily, but, like, yeah, a they lot do of, comics. like, young adult stuff. Uh, they, um, they, they did, um, like, some Wasp and, I think, Miss Marvel stuff or Captain Marvel stuff. One of my coworkers at the bookstore, like, knows them. Like, oh, really? Is, okay. is, like friends with them because their partner works for idw and i think they've like worked on projects together oh cool or whatever so i'm not i'm um, not actually familiar with any of the work i just know what yeah they've done. uh they did the they did do the young adult like wasp novel uh the marvel yeah wasp story like a couple years ago that's like the most recent thing i could think of that like i saw their name on but um I am interested in, like, what Cal Kestis has been up to. Like, I don't know that I need a novel about Cal's situation between these games, but I'm curious to see, like, what that story is going to bring. But, like, we've talked about degrees of canon before, and most people who play these games aren't going to read this book, so it can't be essential in any way. Yeah, um, but it would be nice to fill in like gaps. I just I the best I can hope for is a a catalyst type book where it's just like you're telling an interesting story that is not necessarily needed to enjoy any of the other media. But it's yeah. just like this is actually a really good, solid story. It'll give you a little more depth if you want it. But it's and, not and even it's not even necessary for the depth. It's just like here are characters that we have and here's a cool story. Sure. Um, sure. Which I, I, sure, that's sure. what I liked about catalyst. Um, the most, but, um, yeah. Um, so those are coming. That should be fun. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Um, we got, we got right through, uh, my stuff. Um, we do have, I have a couple fun things I want to go through. We cool. can close out with your question. Yeah. Um, I have two, I have two more book things. They're related oh, to higher public stuff, but like, we don't have to, if you have something, I would rather like pass this back and forth. Okay. Um, so D23 is coming up. Yeah. Do we have predictions? We should write these down and then Ooh. our next Bantha will be, I believe, after D23. Uh, we can we can see if we were right or wrong. Do we have D23 predictions? What do you think we will see at D23? What date is D23? Do you know? I'm sure we could find this. I can literally look it up right now. Yeah. Yeah, because our next Bantha... Um, it's in two weeks. So it's not this, this weekend, but the weekend after. Our next Bantha is September 29th. So it will absolutely be both after D23 and after the premiere of Andor. Which I am very hyped on. Uh, you said D23 is not next weekend, but the one after? So like... yeah. The seventeenth, September 18th? 9th. Oh, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So I think we will definitely get uh, some Ahsoka news. Almost certainly. I think, here's my bold prediction. We will have a Thrawn casting. I'm interested in that. Do you think... Everyone is pretty certain that Ezra is going to arrive in the Ahsoka show. Yes. Do you think they'll announce casting at any point, or will it just be a surprise Ezra's here? Uh, no, they'll announce casting. So if I'll bet you they go, hey, and we've casted Thrawn, and then like, and then we have one more thing, kind of thing. It's Ezra and Bridger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that might be yeah. the kind of how they do it. I think if they do a Thrawn casting, Ezra is, like, inevitable on the shoes. I don't think we'll get a trailer because they'll probably wait until after Andor is premiered to do a trailer. But I wouldn't be surprised if we got a sizzle reel of some kind. Yeah. Um, So that could be cool. So just, like, more behind-the-scenes content. That's my my bold prediction for D23. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's a good prediction. I was also Do you think leaning. we'll get any Rogue Squadron news? Is that still slated for December 2023? It's on all the release calendars still. Okay. Um, it's definitely not started okay. shooting. There's absolutely no um, way in hell that movie we get, comes out in December If we get anything, that might also just be casting. Casting news. Yeah, and maybe a new release date. I don't know. Maybe a new release. And date. we had, we that. already got, um, um, I would love some Acolyte news. Um, but I think I would also love some Acolyte news. But I think, I mean, we have casting, right? We cast a lead. Um, we did. We did. And it's a black woman, and I am excited. She was talking about how, like, a lot of the projects she's worked in before, like, every time she appears in a project, because this is just the nature of Hollywood for black women is that there's, like, a lot of backlash and, like, oh, my God, woke media and whatever. And mm-hmm. she was saying that, like, if that reaction is not the reaction she gets for Star Wars, then she's not doing her job. Which, like, I kind of respect the hell out of of just being, like, yeah, woke's uh, uh, overzealous Star Wars fans are going to hate this. And, like, you know? Yeah, it's a... Uh, I kind of um, want that. Yeah. It's Amanda Stenberg. Yeah. She was Rue in Hunger Games. Yeah, that's um, the only thing know. I know her from, which is wild because that was like a decade ago. Uh, Not yeah. quite, but maybe? Yeah, I don't think the only thing... I didn't see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I heard it was good. I also uh, heard that was really good. Um, Apparently she was in Dear Evan Hansen, which is hilarious. I did uh, not see that, but I... I Brian Green uh famously loves it so he loves wait does he love stuff does he love the movie or the actual i actually don't know the whole like i know he was super into the musical when it first came out the uh movie is hilarious like it looks i don't know uh i have not seen the movie but also yeah uh i did see this is we're off topic but the most recent casting for the uh, I think the Broadway or the off-Broadway version of it uh, cast the actor who plays Dustin from Stranger Things as the lead. Interesting. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So anyway, 
Um, but yeah, I would love some information on that would be nice. Um, yeah, I agree. But my actual prediction is Thrawn. Yeah, um, I think I think Thrawn. Who do you have an ideal Thrawn casting? I just think they should get uh, Lars Mikkelsen. I agree with you. Uh, he I he looks the, the part. I think um, he looks the part. We he's done Townsend the voice. Him, does the voice? He'd be Has a little older gravitas. than he was in. He'd be a little older than he yes. was in the in Rebels anyway. Perfect. Keep him. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And we've already seen that that live action casting doesn't have a problem with bringing the voice actors into live action. It doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen. I just think he fits. I just think he I looks think he's great. Yeah. I think he'd be great. A lot of people wanted like Benedict Cumberbatch. And I'm like, no, no, like I like him, but no. Yeah. Do not do not care for that casting. No, no. Um, so, I am. Yeah, I think Lars Mikkelsen's a great choice. Yeah. I am, as always, hyped for Andor, but I don't have a lot of new things to say to it other than I'm very excited for it. Yeah, um, I th- we the last most recent trailer happened before. D- before our last Bantha, right? Did it? It was at least before our last episode. I don't know if it was before our last Bantha. I don't remember. The um, newest trailer is great. People should go watch it. Maybe I'll link it in the episode notes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. Gonna um, be awesome. Probably my most hyped show right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm has very, been my most hyped excited. Star Wars one for a long time, but um, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it. It looks like they're looking like using actual sets and shit, and not just the volume the whole time, which is right. Nice. Well, it was. I think they started filming it before the volume like became a thing. I think it's going to be to its benefit. Yeah, because we've talked about how like now that we've seen the volume in action a lot, like we've seen the edges of what it can do. And, like, while it does work and is effective in some scenes, it can't be a replacement for, like, actual set. Right. Yeah, well, so I mean, we'll it can in certain things, but, yeah, it, you got to yeah, use it as not, a tool uh-huh. and not it's, as... The, it's not yeah. an end-all, be-all. We can just shoot in front of this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. And then you have a book. I have two book things. Yes. Uh, and then I have like a question from StarWars.com. Okay. Let's uh, do the books. Two book things is that in October, in just like a month and some change, we have two different new Higher Public books coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. We are starting the next wave, wave four of Higher Public. Uh, it is happening. Um, the adult novel by Zoraida Cordova, Convergence, doesn't come out till November. So this is the first case where the adult novel is not the first one published in the set. Before the adult novel comes out, we have a young adult novel by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland that is called uh, Path of Deceit. And then we have a middle grade novel. what did Justina Ireland do before? Justina Ireland did two of the uh, middle grade books. She did Test of Courage and Mission to Disaster. Okay, uh, okay, so okay. she is. Uh, she also did uh, the first of the High Republic manga books, which I don't remember the name of off the top of my head. Um, along with a mangaka from Japan uh, to do the illustrations for that. And then the middle grade book coming out a couple weeks after on the 22nd, whereas the the first one comes out on the 4th. Uh, the middle grade one, Quest for the Hidden City, is coming from George Mann, who did 
um the li- the life day anthology and did um tales of legends and myths i think like a couple of the books that are like anth- like two or three of the like anthology star wars books that have come out recently that are about like myths and legends and um ancillary material they're doing like an actual like book book oh okay uh called like i said quest for the hidden city i have the descriptions for both of them i don't think i'm gonna read the the middle grade one but i am super interested the thing that i was really worried about the thing that i was like hesitating on starting these books about was that like in the other cases the adult novel really set the precedent for what the young adult novel and the middle grade novel were doing right but path of deceit uh it says I'm just going to read the back of it. It's a time of excitement and discovery. Daring pilots chart new routes through hyperspace. Pathfinder, capital P, Pathfinder teams travel the frontier recruiting. Uh, This is 150 years before the higher public novels we've gotten already. We're going back in time. Right. So we've talked briefly about Pathfinders in the last books. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Which is interesting because they're not the same as Wayfinders, which is what um, Orla Jereni did, right? Oh, I thought that was the same. I thought that was the same thing. I got them confused. Uh, they're similar, but I don't think that's the same thing. Um, Pathfinder teams, which I think is is going to be tied more to like hyperspace routes and like how you travel between planets more than like what's on. So they're like cartographers. Wayseekers. Like the, that like was the, the other one. They're like uh, the Santecas. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're doing a similar thing. Uh, Pathfinder teams travel the frontier recruiting uh, the frontier recruiting worlds to join the Republic, and the Jedi Order expands its protection of the Outer Rim. But not everyone welcomes the Jedi. On the planet Dalna, a group called the Path of the Open Hand preaches that the Force should not be used by anyone and views the Jedi as abusers of the will of the Force. One such believer is Marda Rowe. A young Evereni woman who dreams of leaving Dolna to spread word of the path throughout the galaxy. This is Marcian's grandmother, I'm pretty yep. sure. When she finds herself drawn to a charming visitor in town, she's horrified to discover that he's a Jedi. But Padawan Kevmo Zink seems to f- seems so kind and eager to learn Lord, more this about is the on path. The back, this is on the back of the freaking book. I'm not even done. Yeah. So, it's so long. I, it's give like me the one, whole I, novel on the back of the book. One more paragraph. Give me, give me, there's something I want to talk about in specific. But Padawan Kevmo Zink seems kind and eager to learn about the ways of the path, and she hopes to convince him of the righteousness of their ways. What Marta doesn't realize is that the leader of the path, a charismatic woman known only as the mother, has an agenda of her own. And it is one that can never coexist peacefully with the Jedi, blah, 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 blah. Okay. The 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 fact that we are introducing a character known as the mother. You think is it has like, to do with Mortis trilogy stuff. Like that's in like it um, might not. It might not. It could yeah. be a misdirection. I'll wait it for very the book. Well could I'll wait be. for the book to come out and we'll see. I I will read it and tell you, Tim. Okay. I have it in my hands. The book yeah. is right here. But if the mother is not tied to the Mortis trilogy, I might I might be upset about it. Yeah. 
We'll see. The cover's beautiful. Also, like, unrelated, this is, like, a very subtle thing, but, like, all the High Republic books so far have had gold spines, and these ones are a very pretty blue, and they take place at a different time point, and I don't know if the if the actual physical release editions will look like this, but, um... The only, I like um, the color coding of stories. The only book that, uh... The only higher public book that I bought was uh, the last one I got Fallen Star and it's ah. hard. It's hardcover. So I do not have um, the. Yeah. All of the previous, the nine previous higher public books that came out all had gold spines. Interesting. So it's just uh, differentiate. Uh huh. The time period. I'm also very curious as to like. With the higher public so far, I've been like, yeah, you should read them chronologically. But I feel like these need to, like, these are, there's a reason these came out after the books that take place 200 years later. Yeah. And so I don't know how I'm going to, like, shelve them in the section at the bookstore for High Republic. (laughs) Because right now they're in chronological order. But if you should read these after everything else, then maybe I'll put them later at the end and not the beginning. So we'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll start reading. The thing is, like, I didn't realize until today that that the adult novel doesn't come out. Figure it out, nerds. Uh, But I want to help. Actually, actually, if I had my way, the entire Star Wars section would be would be chronological. Um, And then I could be like, figure it out, nerds. But nobody in the store would know how to shelve books other than me. So. Uh, yeah. That's not that's not helpful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, yeah. That's I'll cool. start these and I'll talk um, about it. We can talk about it next, Bantha. I'll be reading the adult ones, I think. I don't think yeah, I have yeah, yeah, yeah. too much interest uh, the thing in the I'm young excited, adult stuff. The, the Zoraida Cordova novel, Convergence, I don't know the plot of, but um, she wrote, I'm pretty sure she wrote one of the Black Spire books. Uh, when oh, okay. when Galaxy's Edge first opened, there were two novels about Black Spire Outpost, one about Vi Mirandi and one that was like a young adult story that also took place there. And I'm pretty sure she wrote the young adult one. So That's this cool. is her return to Star Wars. But I think like I've only briefly seen Vi Mirandi once at the park. Yeah. Um, which makes me kind of bummed because I was like, oh, she's going to be like the main character of the, like the way they were selling her. It's like, yeah, she's the main character of the park. But like, I feel like I, they, they kind I of abandoned that after COVID. Uh-huh. Uh, they kind of were like, oh, no, it's we'll a just... shame. It sounds like I don't know exactly what everything's happening, but it sounded like at the last. Uh, I don't even remember what convention it was, but they basically were like, yeah, we're. uh we're we're changing the time period. We're gonna have Boba Fett and the Mandalorian walking around, and it's like, oh, so we're just kind of dropping the story. That's there. Not, yeah, it's not a story anymore. It's just like Star we're Wars. We're not stuff. tying it to canon timelines. I mean, yeah. it's only a matter of time before we start seeing like Vader and Han Solo and shit running around too. Yeah, like eventually they'll just it was abandon a, it completely. It was a story, right? It was. Yeah, it was like a day in Batu in canon. Yeah, and it was supposed to canon. be between Episode Eight and Episode Nine. So Kylo was there chasing, I think you it's know, too much to man manage. Like, I'm not surprised that they're like moving away from that idea, but I do. I don't find know that why. Fascinating. I don't know. Why is that too much to manage? Because it's the same day and time. I right? just so don't it's... think that people are like interested in that time period. Maybe that's a bummer. It is a bummer. Uh, do you think is Halcyon 
tied to? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, but unfortunately, it's only in Florida, right? So, uh, but yes, the story of the Halcyon links up with the story of uh, yeah, Batu and Cassie's Edge cool. and everything. Um, it like fits in together, and it's like, yeah, you figure out why, uh, basically why uh, Chewbacca's there with, uh, you know, loaning the Falcon to Hondo and stuff like that. Like, you figure out different. If anyone out like there wants to donate thousands of dollars to the Dueling Genre Patreon, so Tim yeah. and I can go on the Halcyon Star Cruiser and do a deep dive about it, <laughs> be our guest. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, that would be. I don't know. I I would feel so bad taking other people's money to go on that. Anyone but yeah. Disney's money to go on that because I'm like I don't know. Um, so what we yeah. gotta do is we gotta like we gotta like make it so that they invite us to go to the house right, right, right. Star Cruise. I have no problem taking Disney's money to do it, but yeah. Um, but yeah, Tim, like I I don't want to become an interview show, but I don't think that's unfeasible. Do you think, how do you mean? Like, I think that because I have the benefit of, like, working at a bookstore that is well-renowned and has, like, like worked conventions with the people who do, like, the publishing side of things. Like, I think that if you, like, if we put our feet in the door and start, like, getting in Star Wars creators who are putting out content, it's only a matter of time before they're like, hey, come talk about this thing. Yeah. But also, it is thousands of dollars, so, like, I don't yeah. see that happening anytime soon. No, We would have yeah. had to have begun the show that way two years ago. Yeah. Oh. Like, I wouldn't mind having people on. That'd be fun, especially on the Bantha episodes. It would be um, fun. I think we're just, like, like... I think folks who want to come talk about stuff want to talk about the stuff they're doing, and we're just slow on the uptake. Yeah, well, not like, on Banff hey, episodes, right? Because we're... Yeah. That's literally what they're for. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a whole different thing. But... um, That's work I don't want to do right now, but I want yeah. to do it also. It would be great <laughs> to talk to people. Yeah, and then I'd feel pressured to read everything. Uh, yup. That's the yep. thing. Yeah. That's the thing. I would feel bad being like, hey, I'm glad you're here. I didn't read your book yet. But... Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, I have a new segment I would like to do. Oh, please. On Bantha episodes. Oh, please. Um, I would like to. I, what, what, I don't know what we should call it. You can we can brainstorm it here. But I would like to take a random character or race um, okay. or interesting place off Wikipedia and just talk about it briefly. Uh, and just nothing. No, literally, there's a button that you can literally just. Push Is there a random button? On there's Wikipedia? a random wiki button on Wikipedia. Oh, Tim, um, Tim, let's test drive this right now. All right, I did it while we were while we were talking. So please, what did our you get? first? I don't know what we should call this. So uh, our our uh, character of the week, our w w Wikipedia of the week. Weekly, we can Weeklypedia, Wookie, I don't know. If um, anyone has any suggestions, come join the Dueling Genre Patri uh, Discord and uh, shout at us in the yeah. Republic Archives. Or tweet us at NRArchivesPod. Or tweet uh, us at NRArchivesPod. Uh, yeah, so our first character, uh, he is an Imperial, a human Imperial officer named Rauchio Nervi. Rauchio. Now, 
he was born Rauchio Sargon. Oh! Uh, he is a male captain uh, of the naval forces in the Galactic Empire. Um... You said male captain. I was like, I haven't heard of that species before. Yeah, no, no, no. He's human. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was uh, in command of a task force um, that uh, was Aren't used. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> he was in command of a task force uh, that included several uh, big, uh, big ships, basically. Um, he fought at the Battle of Zorn, spelled X-O-R-R-N. Oh! Um. That's fun. And coordinated his fleet, so he's, like, in charge of the fleet with ground forces, uh, led by Lieutenant Colonel Earl Hovlin. Um, Earl Hovlin. So, Nervi was force-sensitive. Oh, shit. Um, but he kept it a secret. Of course. Uh, the officer married Lilva Nervi and took her name, uh, wanting to uh, since he uh, she apparently had more social influence, uh, so it uh, helped him with his career. Is uh, this is this is he canon or legend? Yes. Uh, <laughs> great, great. Thank so, you. Tim. We'll get there. Go on. We'll get there. Um, and then so that was uh, that was after like shortly after or shortly before attending the academy. Um, he had mediocre marks in the academy. Uh, he held records for winning head-to-head combat situations, which seems odd, right? Like, you're super good at combat situations, but you got, like, Cs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but then uh, he used his name uh, to uh, get a promotion under Moff Ravik. Um, oh. It is rumored that the Imperial kept mistresses, however. So, he is... Uh, his. First and only appearance is from a t- uh, an, a book called Star Wars uh, Friends Like These. And it is a uh, tie-in to the Age of the Rebellion role-playing game. Wow. So it is a deep, like, deep pull. Uh, Yo, I love this. So... I love this. Can we just commit him to the archive right now? <laughs> well, that's it. That's his whole. That's his whole page. I like um, this. So he, that's great. Uh, We've done it. Yeah. So he's. So yeah, he's in that book. The book was released in 2016 as a tie-in, uh, published mm-hmm. by Fantasy Flight Games, which also made X-wing and a bunch of other tabletop games that are great. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. So um, that is uh, Ralshio Nevik. Rauchio Nervi. Nervi. Married name. Rauchio Nervi. Um, and it says that he that, that book is contains both canon and legends materials. Great. That's So unhelpful. he is basically both dubiously canon. canon. Yeah, he's dubiously canon. Great. Um but yeah, like so the he's, Star Wars, uh like the Lego uh right. properties. They're dubiously canon. Right, so he's um, and yeah, he was active during the Galactic Empire, so during the original trilogy. Amazing. So. Amazing. Um, they could technically bring him in at any point in any of the Mando stuff or that era. I love the freedom of the like. Yeah, this guy could show up. Yep, and they'd be like, "Who the heck is this guy?" And they're like, <laughs> uh, the the tying this all the way back. Yes. To Lego Summer Vacation. 
the Obi-Wan Kenobi bit where we flash back on like him on, yeah, Tatooine, on Tatooine, like singing with Slice Noodles. I love. Um, I love. Uh, the woman that he's working with. Uh, oh, her yeah. Name, her from, name from... is. She's from the Lego Freemaker, Freemaker Adventures. Yeah, the Freemaker Adventures. Uh, she's um, Colvette Valeria. What a what a good name. Yeah, that's a great Colvette that's a Valeria. Absolutely great name. It's yeah, top tier Star Wars name. Um, I Tim, should we watch Freemaker Adventures at some point? Oh, I'm down. Um, is that all on Disney Plus? I don't know if that's on I Disney Plus. I think so. I think it is. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. I've heard it's very good. I've heard people uh, really I like it. I also have heard really good things, and I know that um, they like had a couple of tie-in middle grade books um, as well. I think that the content is supposed to be really great. And so, like, I'll, uh, I'd like to check that out at some point. But that was one of those things where, like, I think in that in that piece, like you also just see like some of the Freemaker characters like in the background. In. Right. Maybe not her sequence, but like some of the other ones. I think that like one of the like in the Vader bit when they're on Scarif, there's some Freemakers in the background. And so like that's fun. I like I'm always down for more Star Wars connections. And there's just like a lot of this franchise that I haven't consumed yet. Yeah. I okay. Love it. Are you but ready yeah, for my question? I'm ready for the question. Uh, here is the question. So this is on StarWars.com under their news and blog section. Uh, they have an article f- uh, titled uh, Opinions from a Certain Point of View. Uh, it's written by James Floyd, uh, a friend of mine from San Diego, and Mark Newbold. Uh, it says, would you rather serve Lego or live action Palpatine? And I have not like for dinner. I think like you are his Vader in this scenario. You are working for him directly. Would you rather work for Ian McDermott or Lego Palpatine? Well, that's a whole different question, but let's keep it to the original one. Um, I so if I have I have a couple questions because we can since that's all that we get. Um, uh huh. I have questions that will affect my decision. Okay, please. If I serve Lego Palpatine. Yes. Am I also a Lego person? Uh, I don't. I, yes, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that regard, like whether you choose Lego, you are of the same medium of the Palpatine you serve. Okay. Then I think absolutely Lego Palpatine. Okay. May I ask why? Or wait, what if we take this a step further and it's like... It's not about the medium that they exist in. It's about... Like, their characterization. Like, what if Ian McDermott just behaved the way Lego Palpatine behaved? It would like, be a lot which... more horrific because the <laughs> things that Lego Palpatine does. Okay, I don't. We don't this is why talk I... about. Okay, you're right. I get it, but also I think you're over. You just had to take it in the like. Sometimes they remove their body pieces. Right. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's assume that whichever you choose, you're of the same makeup. Because then it removes the horrific nature of, like, pulling limbs off yourself. Right. Uh, then, yes, absolutely, Lego, Lego Palpatine. Okay. Because the stakes, the stakes immediately become a lot less severe. Sure. Because he can get really mad and he can he does a lot more things to people in his like anger and stuff. He also but seems to have he, less. Dangerous. He also seems to have a lot of a lot more fun uh, than. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think Palpatine. even Dermot's Palpatine is having a lot of fun. Right, right, right. But he's not like, I don't know. It's a different kind of fun. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, he's indulging himself. Yeah, he is. Um, but and if he does get mad at me, he blows me apart. It's fine. I'll be back in a scene or two. Uh, That's you know, fair. And it, yeah, it probably hurts, but meh, I'll be back. Um, so yeah, I think absolutely Lego. Lego. Palpatine. I think regardless of the body horror implications that Lego Palpatine would be a lot easier to put up with just because like, while he is still, as you say, like an evil manipulative despot um he is having more fun or is like more playful yeah he can make a joke he can make a joke he can make a joke he can like have any emotion at all that's not like anger and hate and yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong uh current like regular movie palpatine is a sassy bitch um, he is a sassy bitch. You're not wrong, but but he is not like self indulgent. Right, right, right. Um. So yeah, I think Lego Palpatine. Also, I'd love to be a Lego. That seems fun as hell. I think I agree with you. It's really nice to like spin your face to a different emotion. Because like, yeah, and oh, if I I'm want a different hairstyle, I literally just pop off my hair pop, and pop on oh, a new hair. It's so easy. Yeah. If you decide you don't like it, you can go back. Like right. What a breeze. What a breeze. Uh, Can I tell you the funniest, the funniest part of the Lego summer vacation to me? Sure. Um, The first force ghost that Finn encounters is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And Obi-Wan tells Finn about this vacation he took while he was staying on Tatooine in which a woman who was a rebel spy showed up at the bar. Right. Freemaker's Adventure. We talked about her. Uh Uh-huh. And um, he gets, like, wrapped up in her plot. And the end result is that Finn tells him, like, you were working the whole time. It's not the vacation. And Obi-Wan tells Finn, like, have fun in the moment. And then later on Scarif, the force ghost of Anakin Skywalker shows up to Finn. And Finn is like, well, Obi-Wan told me to have fun in the moment. And he was like, Obi-Wan told you to have fun? <laughs> Obi-Wan? <laughs> Kenobi? <laughs> like, and it just... That's oh, so great. It's so funny. It's so good. That's funny. That Yeah, that fits. Um, that tracks. It tracks. I really liked folks should go watch that like we're probably not going to do a deep dive on that but i would love to talk to people about the summer vacation thing because the end of it we get like the last act is uh, a family vacation with the organa solos and 
Uh, it ends with Leia and 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 Han dropping Ben off at Luke's school. And there was a moment where I was like, I know this goes bad. Like, yeah. the show knows this goes bad. And the bittersweetness of that is devastating. But so good. Like, yeah. just I mean, they are so Legos. Good. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, true. But they I probably, know how the it live probably action goes, version It probably goes bad in a comedic way, let's be honest. Of course. Of course. No. No, what they do is they lean into the fact that, like... As we learn from the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book, that, 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 like, Ben is not responsible for the destruction of the temple. And it's like, oh gosh, oh geez, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh no, you think I'm a bad guy now? Yeah. Well, I guess so. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's exactly how it would come. But yeah, anyway, so obviously Lego. It'd be awesome. Yeah, to be a I Lego think Lego person. Palpatine would be the I, lesser evil. I wasn't even using all these fingers. You just give me my claws and just. You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, um, I think that'll do it for our deep dive. Uh, I think so too. I feel good this week. This was a this was a fun one. I love these. Um, love just chatting. Yeah, Star Wars. Uh, if anyone Always sees me time. randomly on the street, first of all, how do you know what my face look, looks like? Uh, second of all, um, I'm always down to talk about Star Wars. Um, and we yeah. are always down to talk about Star Wars, as we mentioned before, on the Dueling Genre Discord, which will be linked in the show notes. Uh, Please join us. Join it's always us. fun when folks join show us. up. And uh, I was canceled after the last episode about the droids. Oh, um, my that God. That was a fun day. Oh, my God. I was so happy when everybody <laughs> was like, Tim said droids aren't people. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. One day we'll get into that conversation, but that is not today. Not today. That's a future Bantha episode. Um, yeah, we'll get there eventually. But yeah, so um, you can join us Droids there. are people, damn it. Okay, sorry. Uh, they're not on. people. Um, I, they're literally programs. Mm, we. I feel like I have go a pretty on, good please, argument. Nope. Yeah. We should just wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, this it's will in the take Discord. us another 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, because I feel like the, one of the biggest things that people say. Tim. Tim, we should stop before we get into it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I want to have this conversation so yeah. bad, but it is not the time. We well, do not have I was the time. about to leave it, and then you're like, George, are people. And I was like, okay, well, we guess we're going. People, anyway, my my stance, Cliff's Notes, <laughs> Cliff's Notes stance, droids are people, droids aren't people. Um, but also like Star Wars people are messed up. So anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, meet us there on discord or on, uh, Twitter at an archives pod, uh, hit us up on duelinggenre.com to see all the great shows. Um, you can just scroll down the main page and just see all the late, all the latest shows that have uh, been releasing. It's great. Um, join the Patreon for a bunch of cool, uh extra shows uh yeah. i know i'll be on a couple uh we're doing the dueling genre versus um i know scott's hosting uh some star trek stuff oh, and star I, trek stuff. I love me some star trek so uh that'll be fun i didn't sign up for those because i have not watched much star trek outside of what i've seen because you oh told man me to, so. yeah uh yeah i've been on a couple of verses well, i was well the first verses was uh buffy and i hadn't watched none of those 
but we did. Yeah, I watched those. Oh yeah, you came. You came to support me for that because I did a Buffy episode. I think. Did you? Yeah, we were was both on. Together? We were both on. Yeah, we were both on together. Uh huh. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I had yeah. also never seen Buffy for that. Yep, we but, both yeah. watched Buffy for the first time, like two random episodes. Um, it was fun. It was fun. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, and we'll be back in two weeks with another deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, until next time, remember that if it's not in the archives, it doesn't exist. Tim, is it weird if I plug like non dueling genre stuff on our yes. podcast? Never. Okay. No, yeah, go All for right. it. I don't care. I don't know. I don't really like do this on this show. This is a thing that I do on my baseball show because like that's like the smallest of them. And so it's easy to be like, hey, go listen to me on dueling genre. I talk about Star Wars. But uh Blaseball is on the cusp of returning for the first time in over a year at this point. It was like a project that started during the pandemic in 2020 that has had its ups and downs, but it's coming back. And one of the things that I think like really makes baseball is that it's more of a community management sim than it is actually like a video game. It's, it's more about like creating spaces for people to engage with each other in the way that like sports communities engage with each other and have cultures. Oh, and, so it's like, toxic as fuck. Uh, uh, it is distinctly not, and it is for a very specific reason. Is that is because we have very good moderation hmm. because it doesn't it is sound very like actual small. sports it, communities. The, then the good thing about like it the sports that is that like when you have twenty four teams and only thirty thousand people, the the actual breakdown becomes pretty small and manageable. Uh, who knows what it's going to do when it comes back? But what we've been doing over the last several weeks is like having on folks from all of the different teams that we're not a part of and having those folks come and tell us about like what their community is like and what their, their shit they've been doing is like. And we just had on the Hades Tigers who are regarded as one of the biggest, most successful teams in baseball. They were the first one that were at threat of, of Ascension, like winning three championships and moving on to who knows what beyond. Um, so we had a couple hosts on to talk about what their community was like and what their fears and their excitement was for the upcoming new era was going to be and things like that. And I just so you, I think it was like a really great keep, conversation. You keep going through this. And I, I know you've explained to me what baseball is. And you've just the way you just described it was a community management sim and not a sport. But then it's OK. Not the a, thing that we have decided The thing that we have talked about a lot as folks who are members of like one – the podcast I do is put together by – okay. If I can just tell you real quick. You had me – you're like, Tim, join this thing. And I joined it and they're like, pick a team. And I'm like, okay. It's too big. It's so big. And this was – well, this was like a year and a half ago. 
It was, a long, was, it was a while yeah. ago. Uh, um, it has been on break, and they have been, like, reshaping what the new game is going to be. And I think it's going to be a lot more approachable in the new era. There's going to be, like, a mobile app version and things like that. I don't think that, like, the community aspect is going to be, like, as front and center. But Blazeball, like, at its most basic root is, like, sim. it's like... F- Fantasy baseball, but things like players getting incinerated can happen. So but when you say the, fantasy baseball, do you mean it like actual fantasy baseball? I mean or it. Or do you like, mean it like no, I'm no, just I watching mean, the score? I mean, or I mean fantasy. Okay. Like things that don't happen. So is there in reality, anything for me to do? Baseball. Um, there are things you can engage with in the game. I don't know what those are going to look like when the new era happens, because... Give me, can you give me an year. example of how it used to be, though? Because uh, I just need to, to know a frame of reference that I for could what the sign going into on. the website and I could bet on games. And when I, won ga- when I won my bets, I would get coins, and I could spend those coins on things like snake oil, which allows me to place bigger bets, or uh, on pickles, which... If I have a bunch of pickles and I have an idol that I'm idolizing, if I have a player that I'm idolizing and they steal a bunch of bases, I get a bunch more coins from every base they steal than I would have gotten before. Like, that was how it was engaged with before. Okay. I don't know if that's going to last. So then would the games be simmed once a week, every day? No. Would they be? There, uh, a season previously one season lasted a week it was 99 games played between 8 a.m monday morning and i don't know like 6 ish p.m friday night and then there would be championships based on like the teams that had done the best which would occur on the weekends uh if you won three championships you would ascend and no one knew what that meant for a long time. And then the Crabs won three championships and they ascended and they just disappeared from the game and a new team showed up. Uh, they eventually came back because baseball is weird and like like that. Um, but there are also things like at the end of the, the first season was just baseball mechanics. It was just like a simulated your team had batters and they would show up to the plate and they would swing for the ball. And sometimes they get home runs and sometimes they would. So is it, is it simmed on a machine? Is it simmed? How is it simmed? Like, what is it? It's like, it's like a program that runs just in the background. Like games just happen. And, um, so when you, you bet, when you bet, is it just for the next game or is yeah. it, can you bet? Well, for, you okay. can bet. Okay. Okay. Every team plays every hour. So there were 20 okay. teams, which meant there were 10 games per hour. And you right. could originally you could bet on all 10 games. So what I would do was that I had an alarm set in my phone so that every hour I could like turn my phone on. I could like open the baseball website, bet on all the teams I thought would win. And I would like cash in money based on that. And you could use that money to either buy things that would help you get more money or you could save that and you could use those for votes because on Sunday there was an election and you could vote on things that would make your team better. You could vote on blessings that would like, if your team won the blessing, you would get the best pitcher in the league or uh, your team would be immune from getting incinerated by rogue umpires or whatever. There were like a bunch of different mechanics that like worked that way. 
And like the game, like really rapidly evolved over the year and a half that it existed between like when it's so it's clearly like storytelling also. Right. So stories are. happening. Yeah. So um, so the is sim there... isn't telling like the stories aren't programmed into the sim. Right. It like happens randomly. It's like a random number generator that we are attaching meaning to. And so the fans would write like fanfic and do art and make podcasts and like, so the community was really the thing that was driving the storytelling element. The okay. sim just happens all the time, regardless of input. So the sim is just numbers. The sim is just numbers. Okay. But sometimes you get really incredible stories. So like in season three, the Tigers were going for the championship and their best player was a player named Landry Violence. And Landry Violence was on the plate and was like primed to get like a really big run that was going to win them the game. And he got incinerated by an umpire. Like, so boom, the, he's dead. The There's number, a new player. The numbers don't say anything. The numbers don't no, say it's, that. It's just what like. What would the numbers say? What happens is you get like a little text feed and each like message in the text feed is based on a dice roll. And this dice roll just happened to say Landry violence was incinerated by a rogue umpire. So there is story beats in the. There is story beats, but they're not they're not written like the game band there. The there is always a chance that any player could be incinerated. Right, right, right. So it is. So it's still a story that's written. It's sure. just plugging in the RNG. So it's not so just the R- Yeah, 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 yeah. So like the, the game band, the developers yeah. didn't sit down and write Landry Vance was incinerated. No, no, they wrote. It just got player. Rolled. They wrote X player and then they wrote X event and then. Yeah, this, and there's like a one in whatever million yeah, chance yeah, yeah, that yeah. it happens and yeah, it yeah. just so okay, happens. Okay, okay, so yes, yeah, so that's what was one of my questions. There is so a then, there's a Hunger Games meme generator yes, that you can do that sounds like exactly of. like that. And so so Landry Valance gets incinerated and a new player gets rolled. And then uh, I believe Paula Turnip was the new player. And Paula Turnip went on to score enough runs that they won the championship in the name of Landry. Like Landry Valance died and therefore the Tigers won the championship. Right. And it became such a big thing that... Landry Violence death, instead of people being like R.I.P. like Landry Violence died, it became Rest in Violence. And Rest in Violence as a like concept spread among the entire league to the point that like now anytime anybody gets incinerated, R.I.V. is what people mm-hmm. post. Like it is like transcended team culture into baseball culture. Which has been really fascinating to like dig into the roots of because there are 20 teams and 30,000 people that were engaging with it a year ago. And who knows what it's going to be when it comes back. But we've been like taking our time to go and talk to what each of these communities have been to see like what they've been doing for the last year while the game hasn't been around. And I think that baseball, while there is a great sport mini game attached to it has very much been more about like community building and the people that are engaged with it. And like I found family seems like an exaggeration, but also 
there are people that I've met during baseball that I'm sure I'm going to know for the rest of my life. Like, so I'm a sports fan. Yeah. And everything you're describing to me is just like, yeah, that's sports. That's what people like yeah. about sports. Yeah. Tim, I think depending on what the game looks like when it comes back, I think you'd really like baseball. The thing is, is I have so many sports I follow. Already. It's just it's, it's so just much. would be yeah. another it, one. This and is it not it's not a real for, sport is the thing. Yeah. It's a Yeah. Because when is it when is it coming back? Who knows? I don't have a date yet. I am. I don't know if I can say this. Long. I am part of the closed beta for testing systems for when okay. it comes back. It, well, that means uh, I it can't talk like about it, it may come what back that soon. Seems, but it's like on the cusp. Yeah, the the original announcement had been for the fall. It's just the, bold. The devs it's bold just to do recently... that during football season unless yeah. you're tying it to something. But yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I think it's like when the game is ready, it'll come back. Yeah. Is where they're at right now. But it's fun. People can check that out. And if you want to go a step further, I also do a podcast that has been off the air for a while for Mysterious Galaxy Bookstore in Southern California called A Galaxy Not So Far Away. And uh, which is it's false advertising, depending on where you're listening. Tim, no matter where you are in the Milky Way, we're not so far away. It depends on where you are in the Milky Way. It's a we're in the galaxy that's not so far away. Well, if people from the Andromeda galaxy are listening to us, Tim, then I have some questions. But otherwise, I think they're on. If they're on. Like even the next closest planet, let's say they're on like Venus. Tim, if they're on Venus, we're still a galaxy not you, so far away. No, it, do you know what the Uber cost? Do you know what the Uber cost is going to take galaxy. to get to Mysterious Galaxy? Galaxy. Yes. But Mysterious we're still Galaxy. In the Milky Way. As, if we're in our local star system, I think that Galaxy is like an unreachable distance in consideration. But if you're talking about a galaxy that's not far away f- from wherever they're Tim, listening. Our galaxy is not far away from Venus because we're the same fucking galaxy. Well, you don't talk about it when you're in the thing. You don't talk about a thing that's not far away. You don't say, like, my house is not far away because I'm in my house. <laughs> no one says that. No one talks about things like that. There's a distance from somewhere that you're not in. No one's going to say, Tim, I'm downstairs, so I'm so far away I can't see you. But no one's going to say like, oh, my house, a house not so far away, talking about a house that they're in. Oh, I, Tim, <laughs> Tim, this podcast existed for two years. I'm not changing the title now. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying it's false advertising depending on where it's, they are. But, but we're OK. OK. <laughs> we ship internationally. We're not so far away. It's a a double entendre because it's mysterious galaxy. I know. I understand that. I understand the joke. I know you do. And that (laughs) makes it worse. (laughs) We already wrapped this podcast up. Let's just stop. Let's stop this. We should just go. (laughs) Uh.